0: Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.
1: This is your sporting life for Say It Now Week, August 14-20, to for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And it's great to have your company for another edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. And today we celebrate the life of a great footballer, but not of the code that we're used to talking about on this program. He is a man from the round ball code and he's been one of the greats of Australian football for quite a few years now. Archie Thompson, welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you along.
0: Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah,
1: I've been a long time admirer of yours. Your demeanour, your skill, and and just everything that uh, you have displayed in um, in your chosen career. Congratulations! Oh, thank Donna. you
0: very much. I appreciate
1: that. How's life now, Arch?
0: Um, yeah, it's 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 good. I, I've actually still I'm still playing um, football in uh, in the, at the grassroots level now. So it's uh, MPL two. It's uh, Murray United, which is up on the border over where And that's where I actually grew up uh, playing my football. And uh, mum and dad are there. So I thought, you know what, uh, the chairman came to me and said, look, would you like to play a couple of games? And I, I did and I was enjoying it. And it was good just to be involved and or just be around a club room again because, you know, obviously leaving Victory, I was uh, a few months out of the game. And I just, I think you just miss that kind of uh that, that little bit of a bond or that, that sort of change room atmosphere. So it's good to be back and, and I've stayed on and played uh, most of the season. Mm.
1: Is it some ways even more enjoyable than the professional game because the lack of pressure? I mean, there there are some things obviously you miss. Yeah. Money would be one of them. <laughs> but uh, is it just a, a more fulfilling, enjoyable experience in
0: some ways? Uh, look, I, I think um, when I first... Uh, finished from uh, the A-League level and, and went to actually to Heidelberg, um, which was a, a great club here in Melbourne uh, with with a, a lot of sort of um, tradition. And, you know, I was straight off from A-League and, and I think because um, I've been used to a certain level for so long, it was hard to really, to to sort of, Okay, drop down uh, a little bit, um, sort of lose that competitiveness a bit, because you you've still got that fire. You still want to win. I mean, even at the grassroots level, you still want to win. But you, you got to think that the quality is not going to be as high. So it took a, a little bit to come to terms with that and, and the professionalism of it all. But once you let go of all that and let go of the ego and, and just take it for what it is, it's actually really, really enjoyable. I mean, there's still moments when I, I get a little bit frustrated, but that's probably just frustration in myself but, because I, I really want to do well. And I think when I went to Murray United, um, I, I put pressure on myself more than they did. They were just happy to, to obviously have a, a son of theirs come back to the region and... and uh, Lace the boots up with them and, and try to put football on the map down in those sort of country regions and um, so I've I've really enjoyed it. My mum and, and my sisters come to the game and and I, I actually there's so many great stories um, that I've had over the last year, uh, being playing at grassroots levels that you wouldn't you don't experience at at the top level. Tell us some of those stories that you've experienced. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> there was one instance when um, my mum. Uh, I just scored a goal and she happened to be five metres behind the, the, the corner flag. And, and it, for those that don't know my celebration, I go up to the corner flag and I, and I, I do sort of like a, a body roll. Um, yeah, sort of the dance move and my mum happened to be there. And, um, so I'm, I'm quite well known for that dance move. And then, um, so the the, the uh, teammates came over the top and they celebrated and and uh, after I finished I, I I sort of ran back but then I I, I quickly gave mum a hug and 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 uh, ran back to the halfway line but I, I I didn't see what had happened afterwards until my sister said to me after the game she said oh did you see mum and I said no well what what'd you do she goes it was hilarious the corner flag had happened to be uh, had fallen out mm. so my mum went onto the pitch and. Uh, she put the flag there, and she started doing my celebration <laughs> too. And this is a sixty-five-year-old woman, you know, uh, and like, and and there's so many stories like that that have just happened. And um, you know, I've played in some massive games, huge stadiums, um, uh, great atmospheres. But for me, it was, those moments are, like are priceless. Like mm. uh, just to be able to share it with uh, with mom and my sister and my dad. Like they they were there from the beginning. And it's, it's kind of rewarding that uh, I think they're there towards the end. Yeah, so, yeah It's I really can,
1: nice. I can tell by the smile on your face how much you enjoyed that.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, it was it's just brilliant. And, you know, I tell the story to uh, so many people whenever I'm uh, at a club or doing a function and I love sharing those stories because that's what it's about. I think it's uh, it's about having moments like that, sharing moments. And uh, I'm very grateful that I've, I've got a very close family and and they've supported me. Uh, throughout my career, and they're still supporting me now. I mean, my mum uh, jumps on the bus. Uh, she's like the little groovy. <laughs> it's like she she <laughs> she jumps on the bus and uh, travels uh, up and down to Melbourne uh, with the team. And there was actually one other story. It was it was really funny. So she's she's obsessed now with Murray United because I mean she loves her football anyway. Um, but. Uh, ever since I've been back, she's really taken a, a real shine to Murray and I. She's there. She buys all the scarves and and comes down and, and celebrates. So she comes up to Melbourne on the bus. And there was this one particular time she couldn't make the uh, the game, and so she she drove. They meet in early in the morning because it's three and a half hour drive. So uh, they meet early in the morning at this coffee place. And so she thought, okay, if I'm not going to be there, I'll just drive to to the bus and wish all the boys luck but as soon as she got there she's, the bus had taken off so, um, she, so she decided okay well I'm going to chase this bus so she's chasing the bus down the freeway <laughs> bipping the horn to the bus driver and the bus driver's like what's this mad little woman doing next to me like there must be something wrong and then so the bus driver drivers pulled the bus over on the side of the highway uh, freeway and then my mum's pulled over in front and come on knocked on the bus and came up and said oh look I just want to wish you guys luck <laughs> <laughs> And it, and it was just like those stories, like I said, they're just, they're just prices. I mean, um, to be able to – like uh, I know my mum comes to some of those massive games that I've played in, but uh, like to be able to just sort of score a goal and just run over and give her a hug because most of the time you don't even know where they're sitting during the game. So, uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's moments like those that as good as professional sport at the top level is and mm. that's what you aspire to yeah. as an athlete – those sort of moments can never happen because yeah. of the security in stadiums and because of the the cloistered nature of what you do and mm. even as a team, the way that you get to stadia, yeah. uh, it, it just makes those moments even more special. Yeah,
0: like it does. It does, and and to be able to share it, like I said, my mum and dad have, have sacrificed so much of their time and and also time with uh, with my other siblings, with my brothers and sisters, because they missed out on a lot of things. And you would you would think that sometimes like. there's families that, uh, obviously, uh, uh, there's fighting in between, but we, we support each other. And like I said, my, my family and brothers and sisters still come to the games and still support. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just beautiful to be able to give back and, uh, to obviously play it where I grew up.
1: I'll talk about your family in just a moment, but while you're talking about the celebration, where did that begin? Where did that come from?
0: Um, well, it happened to start in when I first signed my uh, first professional contract, which was in the Gippsland area, in the old NSL. And uh, there was this one um, player, teammate that I used to play with, and I can remember him clear as day because he was just nuts. He was uh, Claudio Canosa, a big, tall uh, Argentinian uh, uh, player with red hair. So, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, unique in itself. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he was like, um, so whenever I scored, he he said, Archie, I think you know when you score a goal, you should celebrate, and, and because people remember things like that, they they remember the celebrations. And um, so I, I thought, okay, I'll I'll do the kung fu fighting. Like uh, so, whenever I used to score in in uh, in Gibson, the uh, kung fu fighting song used to come on the uh, like the PA, and um, I used to go up and do the, the kung fu fighting. So that's that's where it originated, and over time, it's kind of. Um, yeah, it's taken form. I mean, and uh, you know, there's that celebration that Tim Kale, uh does with the with the boxing. So it started actually from uh, from me because uh, we were playing a Socceroos game in I think it was London at the time, and um, we we're playing against Jamaica, and I just happened to score. And Timmy was injured and sitting on the uh, up in the grandstand. So I've gone up and I've scored, and I've gone over to the corner flag. And I started kicking and punching it, and he's and then after the game, he's come up to me he said Archie, that's Man, what that celebration. It was it's awesome because I don't think anyone of the boys had really seen seen it. So they were like they were a bit uh chuffed about. It. So he said, Look, um, do you mind if I take that celebration to the Premier League? Because he just I think he just signed with Everton. I said, Yeah, yeah, no worries. And then uh and little behold, after that. Um, I was the one that copies him now. Like so, but, yeah. but uh, it, it's uh, it, it's nice that he's he sort of gives me the sort of uh, accolades for giving him that celebration. I I make sure that everyone knows the story that I actually started that. Uh, and so you should. Yeah, I should. But I mean, look, he's uh, he's been phenomenal for club and country, and uh, to see him like doing that celebration brings brings a lot of Australian joy, but also brings myself a lot of joy. We'll talk about um, playing for the national
1: team, mm. but going back to where it all began, it could very well have been that you might have been playing for another nation
0: because you weren't born in this country. No, actually, I was born in New Zealand. So uh, I was five weeks old when I came over to, to Australia and uh, my mum's PNG and my dad's, uh, yeah, obviously New Zealand. So uh, why did they come to Australia? Uh, f- for work. So my dad um, So, my dad actually met my mum in, in PNG uh, working on the mines. So he was a electrician... Um, there and then then came to New Zealand uh and then I think work was a bit hard to find so we uh he migrated over to Australia and and the rest is really history and then um I I didn't I got a call from uh the the New Zealand national team uh when I was about sort of 18 19 breaking through the old and uh old NSL uh they actually called me and said look um would you love to come and play for for New Zealand? And at the time uh, they weren't a very strong football nation. So I think once uh, Frank Farina sort of, I think he was in charge at the time, caught wind of that there might be a chance that I, I might be going for New Zealand. And he's like, no, come, come play for Australia. And and, uh, and I just thought, well, there's got to be more opportunities to be part of a, of a world cup team or uh, qualifying for a world cup where I didn't think that New Zealand would have much of a a chance or a hope. Uh, little behold, they did, they, they did make it, and um, yeah. now I'm uh, pinching myself because I, I might have had a gig in the uh, in the World Cup. I mean, I did go to the World Cup but didn't see any game time, but uh, I'm sure if I maybe had a stuck around with the New Zealand team, I might have had a bit of a game.
1: We'll yeah. take a break, okay. and then we'll come back on the other side of the break and talk more to Archie Thompson on a very special edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day of the year. You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life for Say It Now Week, August 14 to 20 for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives. You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives and Archie Thompson is my special guest. Archie, you told us, uh, born in New Zealand, coming to Australia, so where did you settle up? On the border?
0: Um, so first it was in uh, Sydney, in, a, in Liverpool um, and then we went to Lifgo. So we grew up a little bit. Uh, most of my young years in in Lifko, and then uh, then we went to Orbroe then to Baffers. So I'm a country boy. Um, and then from Baffers, I uh, that's when I made my decision that I, you know, I wanted to be a professional footballer, and and it took me to Gippsland, and that's yeah, and it's sort of just from there on, like to Melbourne, then to Sydney, then overseas to Belgium, then back to Melbourne, and uh, this is where I am now.
1: Everyone in top-level sport, has someone who was so important in their formative years? Is there someone that you look back on and say, without that person's guidance, I wouldn't be where I am today?
0: I'd I'd have to say mum and dad. Like uh, just purely to the fact that they sacrificed so much of of their time and uh, to get me to certain places that I needed to be. Um, I think when I was living in Bathurst and I I, I was part of a New South Wales Academy team, which was which had the likes of uh, Brett Emmerton, um, even Harry Kewell. So it was uh, uh, quite a very good squad, and uh, f- for me to sort of, um, I think, be a professional footballer or even go down those pa- that pathway, I-, I needed to get to Sydney from the, from Baffist. and so I was travelling four times a uh, a week, which was like a I think three hour trip, uh, which my mum and dad uh, used to take turns in doing. So I mean, and and. They just was they were just always there, and they um they like I said, they sacrificed so much and i i I think I didn't really realize it uh how much they did give until you actually have kids yourself and you're running them over to basketball, you're running them to football, you're taking them mates and uh and <laughs> you choose up your weekends that uh you're just running around with the kids so uh f- for them to do what they they they've done for me and uh, my other brothers and sisters uh they've for me have been a huge part and who I am today.
1: It's funny when you say it chews up your weekends because sometimes you think, oh, you know, this is a bit of a chore and it, uh, it does take a lot of time. But if yeah. someone was to come along to you and say, oh, you can't do this anymore with your kids, it would be uh, like your world had ended.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it would. I mean, I, I must admit I, I love going and, and watching uh, my kids uh, play football, um, soccer. They both play soccer. So it was it was great on a Sunday um, to be able to go and, and watch them play and um and I I could never teach them or I could never sort of give any hints to my kids. It's funny that, like, uh, I think I would have enough credit that, uh, you know, I've been a pro football for 20 years, but uh, my son still believes I don't know anything about soccer (laughs) and and, uh, will not listen to me. But, you know, he'll have a dad that... uh, who is a mechanic, and he'll say to him, oh, look, Axel, I think you should make that run there. And he's like, yeah, okay, definitely. right. (laughs) And then I'll say, but Axel, I think you're right. No, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. So uh, it's uh, it's nice. It's nice to be able to um, go watch your kids and take them around. I mean, it does chew up the weekend, but it's enjoyable.
1: I'm interested to hear you call it soccer. Uh, You call it soccer or football. There's this great debate that rages, especially – in this part of the world, hmm. I guess, because it is not the dominant code, yeah. and so everyone owns the claim to football or the description of football. Yeah. Do you think it's just something that is just completely overblown?
0: Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I I tend to say soccer sometimes, but I always I always say football. But um, when it's, it depends on who I'm talking to, like sometimes I'm, I'll, I'll say football and then. Um, I've got to kind of say, okay, no, it's uh, soccer because they're thinking of uh, rugby or they're thinking Mm. of AFL. So, um, I mean, it's always going to be football for me, but um, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't worry me. Like soccer, football, it's all the same thing. It's a round ball, you kick it in a goal and that's it.
1: Yeah, and you did that a fair few times. (laughs) And we'll talk about some of those, including uh, one particular game where I think the number 13 actually Uh, came up. We'll talk about that later. Speaking of AFL, you're a Demons man, aren't you? Yes, I am, yeah. Is that because you shared facilities with melbourne or were you a demons man before no
0: look to be honest i've i've not i'm not a really true supporter of uh any club like um i happen to be overseas and coming back to melbourne and uh my brother and brother-in-law are mad melbourne d supporters and they're like archie um you know and this was back in 2005 i think it was 2006 and i said you should jump on the Demons. Mm. Um, You've got to have a team. Yeah, because I never really – you don't watch football over – in footy over in uh, Europe, you know. So I was there for four years. So I kind of lost the – you know, because I did enjoy my footy. And uh, you sort of – you don't hear much about it over there. So for four years I was kind of in the, in the wilderness and w- within the sport. And then they've said, okay, come and support the demons. And, uh, and I said, yeah, no worries. And, uh, and it's just been painful ever since. But, <laughs> but uh, I think they're definitely on the mend. And I think with, yeah. with Roos coming in and, and giving um, a bit of structure and discipline because being part, being around the, the Melbourne t- demons team, um, you know, cause you're a supporter and you're fan and, the team comes in after getting like uh rubbed up for a uh, hundred points and mm. then they come in and then, and, then, and then they're singing and they're, and they're laughing and they're carrying on and as a supporter you kind of think well um are they did are they really uh Upset that they lost the game one hundred. Are they are they really playing for the shirt or yeah? And with uh, with Ruse coming in and changing that kind of culture and uh, uh, and, the, and the and the players seem to uh, adapt to it. They they're actually becoming better and the, the, I think they, well they're going to make finals hopefully this year and and that's that's been a long time coming for for a lot of the Melbourne supporters. So I think uh, like I said when you when you change a culture of a club and and uh, you change a mentality of, of uh, Okay, you, you, uh, if you, it really hurts to lose, then yeah, um, yeah you're going to have more success. And I think that's what they're reaping now.
1: No matter what sport I talk to of the people who come on this program, they always say that they can learn something from different codes. Yes. And I think there's been a great cross-pollination in particular between Melbourne Storm and some of the AFL clubs yeah. as well. Mm. Did you learn things seeing um, Melbourne firsthand? And have you learned things from other codes over the years?
0: Yeah, well, look, we're, we're lucky because we... Um I mean, we we want to have our own identity. We want to have our own facilities, but uh, it's actually great to be able to share with uh, with different codes because you you, uh, you get to see how they uh, sort of run their sessions, what what the players do uh, for recovery, or what sort of strength training they do, and um, and well, we've been lucky at, at victories that we've had the demons and we've had uh, the Melbourne Storm uh, training under the same uh, same roof, and then. And then you, when you look at the S- Storm team, um, they've got five or six world class players, like, yeah. and and uh, and it's and everyone's a fan of everyone, like, so um, you kind of watch uh, or you take interest on on when they're playing, and uh, because you're under the same roof, and it's 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 really good. I mean, I must admit the 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 Demon team, the Melbourne D's, were were a bit standoffish because you know I think. Um, because you know there's such a, uh, the, the sport's so dominant here in uh, Melbourne, and so they, they kind of in a way sort of uh, look down on us. In a, uh, but uh, after a little while, I think once all the egos go away, and I talk about egos a lot because that's that's a big part of sport sporters' yeah. egos. Once you let that go, uh, um, you find out that everyone's you know what you sometimes see on TV or how they act. Uh, isn't really the person that they are. So, uh, you know, uh, and and being under the roof, same roof with so many codes, you get to see that, and it's, and it's great.
1: You mentioned before, Archie, that you had a stint in Belgium. Mm. Everyone sees the life of a professional footballer as being very glamorous, but when you look behind that, sometimes it can be a very difficult time because you're in a place that you don't know, mm. you're dealing with a lot of people that you don't know that well. Mm. Was it like that for you?
0: Yeah, it was... Uh Actually, I, I had to grow up very quickly, um, because I, I, I've been used to being, uh, I can say about having a big head, the big dog in the, in the, yeah. in the team. And then you come over there and suddenly you're, you're, you're just a, a small fish in a big pond. Whereas, uh, here in Australia, you're, you're, you know, a big fish in a small pond, but, um, over there it's, it's, it's ruthless. Um, you really have to turn up to training, uh, every single session, um, ready to put it all out on 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 the pitch because uh you have one slack day then you know there's someone in straight away and i uh i actually had a um so when i was over there the the coach that brought me in got the sack uh, after the first year and then they brought a new uh coach in and um sometimes new coaches they tend to look at the team that they have and sometimes the players are don't fit in the system or they d- just don't like the character of the person. And, um, because after one game that I played, um, you and we, we I just come back from injury. So I was just happy to be back playing and we were, we were fighting for that sort of one and two position, So we were having a great year and, uh, I came back in and we lost and, um, I came into the change room. And I think that's where I, I kind of grew up. And I, when I saw the demons, players reacting like they did I w- I did the same thing like and then I got brought down to earth very quickly because as soon as a coach see me do that um he he probably questioned whether I was playing for the shirt and uh and I think that's where I I, I really grew up and um and because after that he put me in the uh he, he put me in the second team uh, straight away in the second team. Then from the second team, he put me into the under 14s. So I was, I was, uh, training in the under 14s, um, team in Belgium, uh, in the middle of winter on a frozen pitch. Uh, I I just think that, you know, what am I doing here? So that, those are the things that people don't really see sometimes. so for nine months or five or six months, I was in the training with this uh this youth team and then did you feel insulted by that I did yeah but uh you know you, you just got to be professional um and uh like I said that really made me grow up very quickly and uh, and and not take things for granted any like uh, as I did before then and uh so then after sort of five or six months in that the the coach had to get rid of oh he sold two of the our strikers so he had to bring me back in because he didn't have enough players so um and we were actually down near the bottom at that stage and uh I, he brought me back in and i helped score a few goals that got us out of uh relegation so uh that's the sort of highs and lows of, of, of football so one minute you could be hated by the coach next minute he doesn't like it but he has to use you and then before you know it, you, you you're a fan favorite again because you, you climb you, you uh got him out of relegation so there's so many highs and lows of, of sport and uh i mean it's it's not all glamorous but i, I it, I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather be doing because uh, I was four years old when I first kicked my ball, and I and I'm still kicking now. I'm almost forty, and I love the game more now mm. than I did when I was four years old. So there's not many people that can say um, that they're, they're they're doing a job that they that they love or they they dreamt of doing since they were four years old. So I think that's why so many punters out there um, are so like they're so happy to meet. Sports people because they're almost in a way living their dream for exactly them. so yeah, yeah it's
1: nice and this is what this program is all about to find out those people that we aspire to and admire yeah you talked about coaches or managers obviously it can be a difficult relationship at times yeah. what yeah. about at home How is your relationship with someone like Frank Farina
0: um well look I I uh, I had a like a good relationship with him but he was um. I think for our game to, to grow and, and take that next step, he, he almost had to be uh, taken out of that role because, I mean, a lot of those players that were in that squad, um, you know, they were playing at great uh, great levels, but they weren't probably performing. And uh, I think – and but you just kind of knew that, that he was going to put them players in regardless of the, or if they were performing or not, whether, uh, you know, they, they were mates of his or they he just he, – yeah, uh, because they were such big characters, maybe he didn't want to um, disturb any of that. So, but then when uh, Hiddink came in, um, he was—he's like, "Well, okay, everyone's on a, on a clean slate now. I don't care who you are or where you play. If you're not going to do it, if you're not going to do the job I want you to do, I'll find someone that will." And uh, and that that changed the whole dynamics of the Socceroos, the mentality um you know there was no certain starters anymore uh, and I think he just sh- he showed faith in whoever was willing to work the hardest because I mean uh, when I played with uh, played in the first leg of the Uruguayan game in Uruguay uh you know I I rocked up to the team meeting and I saw my name on the starting sheet and I uh, and you kind of everyone was kind of looking around go oh what's he doing up there um but you know I I I, what I, um, worked hard in training. I did exactly what he wanted me to do, and uh, you know, I, I I got a starting berth, and and that just changed the mentality of everyone. that they, they, they needed to they needed to work hard, they needed to perform, and um and our our national team was better for it.
1: What about Ernie Merrick? What was your relationship like with Ernie? Because it seemed as though he was such a loved and revered figure at Melbourne mm. Victory.
0: Yeah, look, uh, he's a what you sort of see on on the on the field. Like he's he's got that sort of uh, poker face and not show too much emotion. And, um, I think he plays up to it a, a, a little bit, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely not that, uh, that person, um, you know, behind the scenes, he's, he's very much about his family. And, uh, and that first sort of few years that he was there at the club, um, he, he brought in a real good family, uh, atmosphere. And, um, it was just great that we all, we, we, if we needed time off to spend with, uh, with family or there was a, uh, a birthday or something, he was always like, yeah, no, take the time. Um, but, the, and that, those things kind of change after a while, especially when, when a club starts to, to make money and it, it turns into like a, a business and you kind of, you lose those, those family foundations. Um, but, uh, he, he was instrumental in, in putting the club to where it, where it is now mm. um and he's said many a times that uh i'm i'm uncoachable <laughs> whether that was because I, I why I, maybe because that's because i never listened but probably most <laughs> of the times but i think it was too it Was like the ego like uh, i came back to australia from belge uh from belgium um with this big chip on my shoulder like you know i'm thinking okay i'm i've i've Played in Europe. I've come back here to a, to, a, to a new league. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big dog here, and uh, it,
1: so you were too big for your boots. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah, and uh, for that whole first year, I was like, uh, you know, I was I was uncoachable because even when we were tra- training, I I would go off halfway through training, and because we used to train at Todd Road there, just off the Westgate, and, yeah. Um, I I used to go off. off uh, Halfway for a shooting session because it just was uh, just the setup. I don't think was you know it was just terrible. And and then you'd see Archie. Uh, everyone would go, "Oh, go okay, there's Archie going off again in one of his moods." And then you'd see Archie shooting over the Westgate in uh, in the uh, WRX and he goes, "Oh, there's Archie going off again." And and it it took me a good year to kind of pull my head in and um, and have and I think that was due to maybe a musket and a Danny Orsop and a uh, that sort of core group that to sort of pull me in and say, look, you know, if we're going to give this uh, league a good shake and put this club on the map, uh, we've got to have to do it together. And there's, there's got to be, uh, n- uh, no egos. I mean, um, and everyone's got to buy into what we want to build here. And, uh, and it t- and it turn I turned 360 and, uh, you know, and, um, I've, I've, Kind of got rid of the ego. I mean, it's it's creeps its ugly head around sometimes, but uh,
1: I think sports people have to have an ego when you're at the top level, though, to uh, to a manageable degree.
0: Yeah, I think there's confidence and there's egos, and uh, yeah, um, I think if you just you're confident but without the ego of it, then uh, yeah, I think you can do it. Um, But like I said, that first couple, that first season, it was a real uh, eye opener for me, and and it really. Uh, Having that likes of Danny Orsop and all these guys um, uh, because they're such uh, selfless uh, players. Like they do so much for the team and um, I was very much an individual that first year. And then, you know, like I said, I pulled my head in and um, uh, I reaped the benefits from that.
1: You certainly did, and we'll talk about that when we come back on the other side of the break. Archie Thompson is my special guest on this edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, serving families across Victoria for more than 80 years. More with Archie after the break. You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life for Say It Now Week, August 14 to 20, for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Archie Thompson is my special guest on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives. Archie, we haven't got the time to go into your great career and all of the great moments, <laughs> yeah. but a couple that I wanted to mention. Uh, we mentioned 13 goals before. Yeah. Yeah. 13 goals in an international. Mm. Remarkable.
0: Yeah, well, look, uh, I think the, the final score happened to be 30, 31-0. And, the, yeah. and the, I think a couple of days earlier, we, we'd we beaten a Tongan team 22-0. Um so yeah we but we didn't score our first goal in that match till maybe the 10th minute or something really. yeah it, it took a while but um I think it was just great for that that when I look back on it um it, it was more for that that country American Samoa to be uh be able to play or them players to be able to play against world class p- players because there was uh a lot of that team was playing in Serie A or in, in the Premier League and you know, uh, um or at a really high level, and I think for them to be able to to play against them, or say that they've played against them, and they actually after that did a documentary. So there's a documentary I don't I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's actually really uh, one to watch because it, it t- talks about the American Samoa team how they, because at that stage I think they were or they are the worst ranked team in the world. Uh, so they brought this Dutch guy in, and because um, the Rock, I don't know, uh, he's Dwayne. Oh, the Uh, wrestler. Yeah, the rock. So he's from American Samoa. So he funded this uh, documentary. And so they they showed uh, uh, little snippets of that game and uh, also uh, that they wanted – pretty much to have a rematch and to show that they've actually improved. And uh, and I think they scored one of their first goals in a game and they absolutely went off. And, uh, you know, so those sort of things uh, uh, off the end of that game uh, was probably pretty special for that country.
1: Yeah, people talk a lot about that performance, but mm. probably the performance they talk most about with you is five goals in the yeah. grand final. <laughs> that was someday.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty special, actually. Like, uh, I, I was very much into the secret and uh the book the secret and the uh, um the universe and attracting things so um i i said in the press conference i think two th- two days before or even the day before that i was going to score a hat-trick in the grand final and uh and then my team teammates seen, uh, what I'd said and, I, and they're like, Oh God, Archie's on one of his rants again. <laughs> and, uh, I, and then the, the, you know, the, so they felt that pressure again that I, I put on, but I was just so confident in, in, in my ability, but also the ability to the, of the team and, and I knew it was going to be a special night. Um, didn't think it was going to be that special, but, uh, it was just awesome. Uh, I think I went off the ground and I could see everyone chanting, uh, my name and and then I I actually looked around the stadium and uh, I must must admit I did shed a tear um I know this is a bit soppy but I actually shed a tear because I looked around and I just thought wow to see where this game has come in just the space of a a year uh to be a part of it to to have obviously scored so many goals that I did that night uh to have friends and family um like it it was just a real real special moment and something I'll 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 never forget like uh there's moments and in, in sport and in your in your career that you, you remember. I mean, I remember. I love that moment when Mum came on and, and danced with the corner flag. Yeah. But but th- like that moment walking off um, will be something uh, I'll never forget.
1: There might have been other tears at Melbourne Victory. <laughs> the way that it all ended. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: It was the subject of a lot of discussion. Hmm. How do you look back on that time now?
0: Well, look, I I, I must admit I, I did have. Uh, a grudge against the, uh, the team, uh, the club, uh, against the musket, um, for a little while there, I was like, uh, yeah, it was just, just to the fact that I, uh, I felt like I had another year in me, um, and that, okay, I was just good to be around the, the team and if, if I, if I, if you needed me, I was always there. I knew that I was not going to be a, a starting player uh, and your roles change. And even then it takes a little bit of time to, to, to come to terms with that new role that you're going to take. And then, but then uh, I I still felt like I had a year in me um, because I I felt that the players that were, were on the bench or were, I I still was, uh, uh, well, I like to think a little bit better than what they were, what they had, um, And then, uh, so I had, I, I did, I held a grudge for a long time. And then, um, I think after a little while and being away from the game, you, you kind of get a different perspective on thing and things. And I actually went to Canberra uh, a couple of months ago, no, a month ago now, and, uh, did my B license and, uh, which is a coaching license. And, and it really talks in depth about how you need to, um, as a manager, uh, not just focus on players, but then you've got to look at the bigger picture. And, um, so i got a different perspective of things and, and, and when, uh, when I think back on it now, when Kevin did tell me, you know, well, oh, look, I'm not going to sign you on this year. I knew now I know there's, he had a bigger picture in mind. And, um, so you, you kind of let go of a lot of things. I mean, I had an amazing time, uh, at victory, um, and you know even to this day like i mean i'm not been in the sport uh or not been in the a league for over a year and you know you still talk about melbourne victory you still talk about archie thompson so yeah. i mean that's a, that's a, a pretty special um legacy i think to leave and you know there's all this talk about legacies and stuff and uh and i when when i left victory i i just i wanted to leave that legacy that okay whenever i stepped out on the pitch um whoever was watching was always going to be entertained uh and and i think i left that and i think that's why i'm uh i have such a good uh relationship now with with the club and also with and support. with musky yeah oh yes with Muskie too yeah with Muskie too um and look at and, and for and like i said see, seeing that uh, the different perspective of it like i mean it must have been tough for him like uh, cuz we we have uh been there. We were the first signings, at basically basically at Melbourne Victory, and we've we've gone through the highs and lows of everything. And you know, obviously he's in a different role, but still riding the waves of emotions. And and, and I I I've got to probably say like it, it wouldn't have been easy for him to say okay, you know, um, I'm going to have to let you go. And it was and it was hard. It was an emotional time. I mean, I shed a lot of tears because uh, mm. I I went back, and I think it was more that. Uh, Addressing the players that I was going to find the hardest, and that's always the hardest, is, is addressing the players. You can go up in front of the media, and then and, and you know you have a little cry, or whatever, but you can still get through it. But it, I couldn't even say, uh, you know, bye to the boys that I've, I've pretty much been there since day one, and uh, and 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 it actually was. But then after, I didn't realise how much I. I've, Uh, affected so many people or or the supporters. I mean, to this day, I'm like, uh, everyone's like, uh, Archie, uh, I love the way you played or are you always excited? Um, and 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 it's now, it's like, uh, even when I go to opposition, uh, their fans are, like, are saying the same thing. So it's pretty special. And then after, when I first, the second day, I think, after I said that I wasn't going to be playing with Victory next year, I got three, a te- uh, couple of texts from uh, Jason Gera, uh and uh, Rashid Mahazi. They sent me texts, even Danny Georgeski, and they said, look... Um, Growing up, you were a, 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 I was a massive fan of you. Growing up, and it was and and you're one of the big reasons why I became a, a professional footballer, um, and that's special. Like that's pretty special to be able to like get texts from them uh, and to be able to play with these guys because you know they obviously uh, were a fan of you growing up at a young age, and then for them to be able to play and then they send texts like they do. It was that 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 really was special.
1: So in lots of ways, Melbourne Victory was part of your family And we're going to talk about your family When we come back on the other side of the break And something you're doing with Tobin Brothers Which is going to be very special Tobin Brothers bring you This Is Your Sporting Life every week And they are serving families across Victoria For more than 80 years Back with our final segment with Archie Thompson On the other side of the break You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life For Say It Now Week August 14-20 to For Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives Our final segment on what has been a very special edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals with Archie Thompson. And Tobin Brothers Funerals Say It Now Week kicks off tomorrow and will run until August the 20th. Each day from tomorrow, a new Say It Now ambassador video will be launched on tobinbrothers.com.au and on their Facebook page. Ambassadors this year will be saying it now and sharing some incredible stories and messages with a loved one in a powerful video series. And Archie Thompson, you are one of those ambassadors.
0: Yeah, look, I uh, I don't think we say, uh, especially to friends and family, uh, sometimes what we really feel. Um, and, you know, th- that might be a bloke thing too, you know. We yeah. don't like to share uh, feelings or uh, or certain things, but I think it's very important that you... You, you tell someone, um, especially a loved one, how you feel uh, about them and before it's too late. And I think this with this campaign, um, I was lucky that I had my brother that's here in Melbourne and um, we've actually become a lot closer over the last couple of years. And um, for him to share uh, and myself to share uh, something special with each other um, was awesome.
1: Yeah, and that campaign, as we said, is uh, going on until August the 20th. And some of the people involved are Wayne Schwoss, the great AFL star, Mm -hmm. who's had a lot of battles in his life as well. Depression has become an issue that we've spoken about in our code a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, AFLW star Moana Hope is there and yourself. And so it's a a great campaign. Check it out at tobinbrothers.com.au. As we close this edition, we can tell or I can tell just by talking to you how close you are to your family. So it does give you a great opportunity to say thank you to everyone for all of that input, all of those hours in the car, all of that time when your mum was driving in the car and trying to stop the bus. Mm. Those little moments along the way all build towards what has been a magnificent career.
0: Yeah, it has. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's been a pleasure to share it with you, Archie. Uh, As I said to you, uh, both on air and off air, I've been a great admirer of what you've been able to do. You always entertained uh, as well as being a brilliant sportsman and it's been great to share a bit of time with you on the program.
0: Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate
1: it. Archie Thompson joining us on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives and we will have another edition right here next week on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's Home of Sport.